Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Andy Lee jumps ship to nine for a big new game show. Internet detectives say they've uncovered the first celebrity for The Masked Singer and Seven Goes Big for the new series of Australia's Got Talent. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. And it's another big week and another big hello to Mulk. Hello, Mulk. Uh, yes, good morning, Rob. Morning, everyone. I am dying officially, so if this is my last ever broadcast, tell my family I love them. Oh, dear. I won't, <laughs> but I will certainly dine out on the fact that this was your last podcast, sure. for sure. <laughs> burn it to the ground. No, I'm sure I could also tell them that you love them. Uh, Rod Morris is with us. Hello, Rod. Hello, Rob. Hello, everybody. And Aaron Ryan is with us. Hello, Aaron. Hello, gorgeous people. And Rob, it's nice to be part of a show with a little decorum, not a show that would lower itself to matching farting noises with the right animal. (laughs) That's a reference to Bruno Bichet's segment on the ARR show last week. I've got to say that was some of the funniest footage I've seen in a long time. Bruno showed us footage of certain animals fluffing, and we had to match the right fluff with the right animal. It was highbrow television. Fluffing! <laughs> We're all adults here, mate. Fart. There's a show in that, <laughs> for sure. Letting off. There was. <laughs> I tell you what, you have not lived until you've seen a horse fart. That's all I'll say. Um, Sarah is on a flight from Florida to New York, so she will be back next week. In the meantime, there is a lot to discuss in this edition of the TV Black Box podcast, so let's get into it. Because comedian Andy Lee is launching a new game show, this time on Channel 9. Earlier this year, Andy launched The Cube on Channel 10, which started strong but lost significant audience throughout its run. The 100 is a weekly one-hour primetime comedy panel show featuring featuring 100 everyday Australians from all around the country. These people will share their thoughts on the stats brought up during the show and a panel of comedians will add their thoughts. Sources tell TV Black Box 10 is set to make another series of The Cube with Andy as host. We've approached Channel 10 for clarification on that issue. So Aaron, sounds like this is more of a comedy panel show. Doesn't really seem to conflict with The Cube. Initial thoughts? Yeah, well, we've talked about the underutilised 9pm slot in which have you been paying mm-hmm. attention um, and Gogglebox does really well. This could be a perfect kind of adults-only comedy panel type show that, that to lead out of something like uh, The Block. Yep. Sounds really promising. I'm not sure if these stats are topical such as what people think of vaccines or whether it's revealed that 68% of Australians wee in the shower. But um, whatever it is, I think, I think it'll be awesome. Um, and, and as for The Cube, I'm... 
not sure why on earth seven would want uh, ten would want to do another uh, season of that. It wasn't that great, but um, yeah, I think this could be really promising. Uh, the show uh, with Andy Lee on Channel Nine. Mark, what do you think? Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that he could be doing two shows on two networks. It, it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen it happen in Australia, no. but it's certainly a rarity. Um, I'm with Aaron. I can't see the Cube coming back, but God bless Channel 10 if they want to persist with that, you know, prismic thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that of the two, in Hamish and Andy, of course, they're, they're somewhat inseparable. Andy gives good panel. I don't know that he's a great host. I think that he's excellent mm, when he's your guest, when he comes in and he brings a story or he sits there and you know, throws a quip or does whatever. Um, I look, and maybe hosting a panel show, that will be him in his element. Um, I, it I was just about felt to bit... say, the Cube's a very different format sure. and a little bit more restrictive, whereas a panel show would allow him to show his comedy, which he's, you know, he hosted a radio show. He's a very good host. I just think the Cube's the wrong format. Yeah, but don't, for the radio show that he hosted, he did with his best mate. So, sure. you know, that there's a lot of comfort in that pairing. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, perhaps, like I said, perhaps he'll prove himself with, with this new program on Nine as someone who finds more comfort in being able to have that conversation and interaction instead of the cube is straight to business. Here's the challenge. Go to the challenge. Let's be serious. You're right. It's a far more restrictive format. And also, uh, indiscreetly, he's dealing with punters. You know, as opposed to mm. people who he would sit down and, and maybe consider peers in the industry to be able to sit and talk in the context of the show with. You know, to host that is a very different thing compared to the rigors of a game show. Sure. Rod, what's interesting here is that it sounds like there's a hundred Aussies on a big Zoom call with Andy. Yeah, look, I do have a little bit of inside knowledge on this. I was talking to him about uh, working on it for a while and yeah, I've, I've, I've seen what the format is uh i don't want to give too much away but yeah basically yeah. You, you have got three comics they've got to guess what the uh the hundred like the, the question uh, what percentage of you had sex in the workplace and they've the celebs have got to guess is, is one of the games they play and then they discuss it yeah it's, it's funny so he's got he's got three other professional comedic talent to, to work off um but yeah I, I like i love hamish and andy i love everything they do but i always look at it as andy as the straight guy to, to hamish's clown so i always think you know hamish has got the upper hand if he's by himself well and and i think that's a a fair estimation rod though that andy has proven through his stuff that he did with uh with nine over the summer particularly on the front bar yep. he's he's you know not a bad little bit comedic talent as well it's it's just a different mm. approach. You know, Hamish yeah. is kind of your, your everyman and Andy is a little bit sharper, a little bit funny. And and I think that we see Hamish continuing that kind of general clown as the host of yeah. Lego Masters because he's so involved in it and they've generated it as the series has run, whereas Andy, unfortunately for him, hasn't been able to get a run on with a show like that. Yeah. Interesting, Mark. Well, Channel 7 has revealed a big new lineup for Australia's Got Talent. The new series will see Emmy and Tony Award winning performer Neil Patrick Harris, much loved actor and radio host Kate Ritchie, multi platinum selling recording artist Alicia Dixon, join actor and entertainer Shane Jacobson as judges. Rod, Neil Patrick Harris, big, big get. 
can't say I've ever heard of Alicia Dixon. I, 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 I'm with you. When I when I read that, I thought, wow, that's a hell of a big get. Like, I, I don't know if people realise how big Neil Patrick Harris is in the States. Like, he's hosted the Oscars. He he hosts he's hosted the Tony Awards. I don't know how many times. I think he's done the Emmys. He's a he's a big talent. I'd love to know how they secured him and what they're paying him. Like. Wow, I, I just went wow when I saw his name. I, I didn't even notice the other names, I must admit. I just saw Neil Patrick Harris as a headline. I thought, shit, <laughs> I'll be tuning in. Yeah, well, I, I think he is a great get for seven. But, Aaron, where's Manu? <laughs> Who knows? But I think it's great having some fresh stuff in there. Um, Yeah, I, I agree with Rod. It cannot be un- underestimated how big this is uh, for uh, Got Talent. I'm a little bit ho hum on the series now. It's just been going for so long, and mm. but but with with Neil Patrick Harrison there, I am a hundred percent in. I think Kate Ritchie's great. Everyone knows her. She's um a great talent on radio. Alicia Dixon, yeah, the same as everyone else. I don't know who she is, but I believe she's got you know the chops with uh, Britain's Got Talent. So that's great. And that's is she Kate the Jacobson. nasty judge? Because if she isn't, that would feel like the bit of casting that's missing. I don't see Neil Patrick Harris as being the nasty judge. Well, haven't they sort of got rid of that with a with a lot of shows now, trying to get rid of the nasty ones and trying to make it sort of friendly after that big incident with the X Factor or whatever in New Zealand? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's all been, been fun. But, um, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, this is going to be awesome. Mog, does this line-up grab your attention? Doogie has, it certainly does. You know, like as, as we discussed in the intro, he's a great talent, and and uh, Daddy's got to work. So you know, I'm not surprised he's coming down under to to <laughs> to be a part of the judging panel there. Um, the rest of it, look, Kate Ritchie, sure, you know, former Channel Seven Home and Away star, now radio talent, coming back. Yes, again, I, uh, look, I don't know much about overseas music, let alone modern music. Um, Alicia Dixon sounds quite lovely. I'm sure we'll get to hear a sing. Um, and and Shay Jacobson getting rolled out as host. Is this the third or the fourth host that AGT's had? No, he he's on the judging panel. Ricky Lee's hosting. Oh, that's right. Hosting, I think. Well, look, Shay Jacobson is just, you you know, we've got a spot. We need to fill it with someone. Shay will do it, you know. Mm-hmm. We still haven't seen that program that he and Todd McKenney and whatever, you know, the rip-off of the American uh, William Shatner, uh, Henry Winkler, you know, mates traveling around doing whatever uh, in America show mm. that's been shelved. That was two or three years ago. Seven sizzled that. They even flew over and filmed it. Mates on a mission. Yeah. So they're interesting. Got a full series in the can of that, have they? Yeah, never, never they, they, they they flew over pre like it was twenty eighteen. They were sizzling it, yeah. and they were filming it in the US. I think BT was part of it as well. It's meant to be old blokes sort of fish out of water, going and traveling and oh. doing weird things. We never heard anything from it. Maybe that's why he's been on some seven shows, a bit of a hangover contract. I mean, Shane Jacobson he, he was a talent, is a talent. I'm not quite sure whether which is the right word to use there. Um, we, we tend to only hear from him nowadays when they have a, a hole that hasn't been filled by somebody else, if that makes sense. He's reliable and dependable. Sure, but I will say little big shots with him was fantastic. Yeah, but where's the next season of that? Yeah, well, I think they ran out of talent. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that, that's what I wonder about. Australia's got talent. I just hope we've got enough talent still oh, in the pool, mate. have we? <laughs> we, have, we? We have reheated this already. Yeah, but then we've got The Voice. 
Australian Idol. Yeah. You know, yeah. at least at least they can put jugglers on this, I suppose. <laughs> the, the benefit is that there's always young people coming up. That it'll yeah. just get younger and younger and younger talent. That's all it is. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be watching for Neil Patrick Harris for sure. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, Channel 10 has not signed an affiliation deal and has just two weeks to do so, according to the SMH. Despite Southern Cross Austereo saying it intends to do a regional deal with the third commercial network, no contract has been signed. More concerning, however, is the fact 10 has not reached an agreement with Prime or Win in areas where Southern Cross does not operate. Mark, this is a little bit concerning. Uh... I think we should expect it all to be worked out by July 1 when 9 and wins deal comes into effect, surely. Absolutely. I mean, if you recall back to the last time we swapped affiliates, was it four and a half, five years ago? Yeah, almost um, five. It's been a five-year deal. Yeah, it, it, it was it was right down to like the 29th of June before papers got signed and deals were done and all of those sorts of things. Uh, I, I, I can't see it not getting done because... You know, some of that content, particularly that Tanner's seeking to, to, to get out there, deserves and should have, you know, a national broadcast opportunity. So to sign the deal and make it all happen, it'll it'll happen. Um, well, the deal with Southern Cross Austereo will happen. Uh, I think, as we mentioned in the intro, the concerning factor is those areas where Southern Cross doesn't operate and traditionally a deal has been done where Prime or Win will take additional content from 10 and it is possible that those um, networks won't take a deal from 10 and say, no, we'll just stick to the 9 content or we'll just stick to the 7 content. Yeah, that's very possible, right? In in days when, uh, you know, sort of brand affiliation is more important than ever, mm. um, it actually really highlights, I guess, the gaps in Southern Cross 10's broadcast area or Southern mm. Cross Australia's broadcast area when it comes to television. Um, that it, particularly with 7, 9, 10 wanting to be ostensibly national broadcasters, though, as we've talked about, far more expensive to broadcast into those regional areas because of the expectation around news and all of those sorts of things. Um, Mate, it just, it throws a massive question over the value of regional broadcasting and the rules rules that are imposed on it by the government, which I completely understand and regional viewers deserve, but the money's just not there, is it? No, it's not. And... and And it also, for me, Aaron, raises this interesting question about ratings. Here we have an example where 10 potentially won't have the reach of other networks. How can you call a national ratings figure an even playing field when not all networks reach the same amount of people? 7 is very dominant in regional areas in the fact that it has a lot of stations, it has a lot of reach. Compare that to 10, that possibly with this new affiliation agreement, isn't everywhere. Surely five cap cities is the only level playing field. Well, but I'm sure the ratings reflect the program. So if the program MasterChef is going out on whether it's Win Prime or Southern Cross, it's the total audience that are watching the show. Yes, but so we're just not- talking about the fact that MasterChef may not be able to be seen in every oh, region. Well- well, of course, if it's not seen in every region, then that's going to be a huge problem. I mean, obviously, as Malt said, I, it, it will, it will, it will happen. It'll come right down to the line. Yeah. But um, one can't hold out, you know, can't run without the other. So I'm sure there will be a deal in place. I always, I always think it's a good opportunity though for the the regional affiliates to sort of 
sort this issue out and so sort of have more seven is seven, nine is nine, and ten is ten beer because some of the networks do own, like in Tasmania, you know, you would think Prime would be seven, but it's actually not. So it, it must be. I don't know if it's confusing for 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 viewers when they when they advertise and stuff, but. You know, Prime is not just seven in, in, in every market. Mm. It is quite mm. different. Yeah, there are different affiliation deals in different areas, which makes it very confusing. Uh, regional viewers are now having to get used to the idea that they've got to rescan their TVs and get ready for the big switchover again. Yep. Mm. Very, very annoying for them, mm. no doubt. Well, with Channel 10 set to start filming The Masked Singer next month, one celebrity might have just let the cat out of the bag. TV black box readers believe Charlotte Crosby will be a contestant on the celebrity singing show. Crosby is currently in quarantine and has a strong association with the network after her stint on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. The UK reality TV star also recently made headlines after she posted a video of herself singing Adele's Rolling in the Deep, surprising fans at how good a singer she was. Rod, Channel 10 will love the guessing game, surely. Of course... If we're wrong, if we're right, they will not be happy at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a bit of a dilemma, isn't it, for them? Um, they wouldn't be impressed, though, that with, with that spoiler sort of being dropped. But anyway, I'm sure they'd be saying, looking through a contract saying, shut up, if she is it. <laughs> if she is in the show, so yeah. If you were producing, Rob, what would you be thinking? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, you, you look. If you approach Channel Ten, they'll say we welcome all speculation, but we'll announce our exciting lineup uh, when the show blah, airs blah, blah. later yeah. in the year. You know, uh, that's the standard response. Yeah. Uh, someone contacted me overnight since we we put this story up on Monday um, this week. It's Tuesday morning as we record. Someone contacted me saying, oh, she could be for Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother or Big Brother VIP. And it was uh, someone who I went, huh, they might actually know. But I don't think Big Brother, the celebrity version of Big Brother, is ready to film yet. I think they're still sorting out the um, the new house, which we know that the house has gone from uh, the current we'll location that's head. going to air at the moment. So I, I would say if I was a betting man, and maybe put a few dollars on sports bet, Charlotte Crosby would be part of the Masked Singer for 2021. But it's pure speculation. We don't, ha we don't, this hasn't come from a source. It literally was just people yeah. on the internet contacting us and putting the pieces together. So it's, it's not a surefire thing by anything. But what I can reveal to you this morning, gentlemen, mm -hmm. Lindsay Lohan will not be back for mm. the Mars Singer Series 3. <gasps> Abby Mickelson, our producer on TV Black Box and at, um, for the podcast and for the website, has been in contact with Lindsay and confirmed that she will not be part of Season 3. She says it's because of COVID. Now, what's unclear is whether Lindsay chose not to come because of the two-week uh, quarantine or whether... 10 wouldn't pay the costs or whether this has just been. We don't know the facts, but Lindsay has confirmed she will not be part of season three. Does the Mars Singer need Lindsay, Aaron? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, the star power is good, but she obviously didn't know basically anyone <laughs> that was on the show that she was guessing. I mean, there might have been one or two. But, Cody I mean, Simpson, it, she knew him. Yes, yeah, she course. did. Is, is, is Ursula Carlson a, a lock-in, though? Is, is Charlotte possibly in for a judge though is is that possible 
And Ozil's been pimping the show, hasn't she? I think you might be right. It's just that there's been a lot of reports out there of of um, Dave Hughes up there and like all, all the cast there, but no one no one seems to be mentioning Ursula Carlson. But yeah, it, she probably is there. But it was just a yeah, just a note. Hey Rob, just a question. You mentioned Big Brother. Do we know where the new Big Brother location is? Uh, it's coming, mate. Okay. I've got some whispers. I'm not. In a position okay. to say just yet, okay. but I do have some whispers that it is significantly moving location. Okay. Uh, but what is interesting about The Masked Singer with Lindsay is that seasons two ratings were down without Lindsay. She generated a lot of noise. Uh, Ursula did make a great host. I'd love to see Lindsay back in the chair, Mulk. Yeah, look, I, I'm... Either way, sure, no, don't care. Like, I'm not wedded to her. It would be fine to yeah. see whoever. If she comes back, great. If she doesn't, let's see. Maybe Shane Jacobson could do it. He seems to be the super sub. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Ke- Kevin Perry brought up a really a really important point, and that is with the Mask Singer production moving to Sydney for this season. Mm. Um, a, COVID, everything crossed, shouldn't be a problem for them this year. Yep. Uh, obviously, once any overseas talent have landed and, and quarantine and stuff. Uh, but also for Jackie O, for Husey, for Osha, um, for pretty much everybody that's local, that's local. You know, they were yeah, all having to go right. and stay in hotels and all of those sorts of things. Heaps easier for Jackie O to get to filming. Same with Osha. Uh, it will also be interesting to see if we get, I guess, a more Sydney-centric pool of talent, if that makes sense, in the the people who are inside the masks. I don't know. I'm not sure that that will be a factor because Mate, uh, who knows? things aren't like so a, strict it's in a supposition, Sydney. right? Mm. But can I just say, I love this quote Lindsay gave us at TV Black Box when she was talking about the fact she couldn't do the series. She said, we couldn't do it again due to COVID still, but I'm sure they will have a nice season. <laughs> a nice season. <laughs> I think that's the quote of the year. <laughs> nice. Always a great word, not. <laughs> <laughs> not great. Um, you know, it will be a nice season. Sounds like Lindsay had a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Channel 9 has confirmed drama series Doctor Doctor will finish after its current season. Starring Roger Corsa, the Channel 9 show has run for five seasons after launching in September 2016. Mulk, it's getting harder and harder for Aussie dramas to find an audience. Is Australian drama dying? Oh, mate, look, there's there's not a lot of evidence evidence to support that it's not dying, is there? you know, Jack Irish premiered on the ABC on Sunday night to reasonable but not great numbers. Uh, mind you, better than Doctor Doctor, but it's also Sunday night eight thirty in a very traditional drama time slot. Um, yep. uh, Doctor Doctor, I think, has always been in that Wednesday night slot for nine, uh, but it's also bounced around a little bit. Eight thirty, nine o'clock, nine o five, nine seventeen, whatever. That that certainly mm-hmm. is what is killing drama is the fact that it's mm. not set your watch. We used to turn up at on the half hour or on the hour and watch the show that we've always been doing. Uh, additionally... But you can't rely on it as a big audience puller and that's what network uh, programmers have to consider, right? Absolutely, you can't now. It's only rusted on fans and the Doctor Doctor numbers this season are absolutely showing that, you know. It's it's sort of in that 300s, you know, for an 8.30, mm-hmm. 9 o'clock drama. That's not, 
that's not good business for Australian drama. I haven't seen the beef on numbers and, and those sorts of things, which I'm sure help. And we also acknowledge that drama is watched differently to reality. People save yes. up episodes and binge it and, you know, record them and do all of the things. Um, I, I definitely think that Australian drama is hard up against it. And there's not a lot being done by the networks or at this point the federal government with relaxed you know, rules around how much they don't have to make um, to support it. Well, just on that, what's the latest with the quotas? The, the, the quotas haven't quite been swept under the carpet because of COVID, have they? But, like, we, 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 anyone know where we're at in terms of the Well, they quotas? were given a reprieve for 2020 and 2021, I believe. Yep. And there is a big... Um, there is a big Senate's estimates inquiry at the moment where Foxtel have just pushed for a reduction in quotas from mm. 10 to 5% of Australian drama. Oh, I can't believe what they said. A reduction won't mean less drama. Bullshit. <laughs> I know, yeah. but this is this is like the streamers saying, Netflix have argued, you don't need to put a quota in because we'll end up spending less because we might exceed your expectations at the moment, but if you put a quota on it, we'll just meet the quota. I mean, it's the craziest thinking whatsoever. Um the problem is, are you enforcing networks to make a product people don't want if you enforce quotas? Oof. I would say yes, but what I would say, and I feel for all the drama producers, like, sure. you know, I think they've got to go back to history and you've got to make something that's going to travel. Like Dr. Doctor, I don't know if they've made any international sales, if they have, good luck to them. But if you think back to the days of um, dramas like Police Rescue and even McLeod's Daughters, the, the reason those... Those projects or those um, programs tra- travelled and sold because they capitalised on, and as much as they hate to hear this, is, is the Australian landscape. You know, you've got yeah. this aspirational sort of thing. If you live in cold, miserable northern England or, or Europe, you watch these sweeping landscapes. That's the sort of dramas they've got to make. They've got yeah, to make something that's got to sell, that's got to travel. E- even Stateless. You know, I've recently watched Stateless. Loved it. Uh, you know, it was Matchbox, ABC, um, I, I don't know what... God, if that travels, we're in trouble. Well, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's holding a mirror up to ourselves. But, you know, it's, it's the honest truth. That's what we should be telling them, the rest of the world. The, the challenge, I, I agree, Rob. Uh, Rod, back in yeah. the day, it used to be about Vistas and all of the rest of it. Yeah. Wentworth is travelling like an absolute monster, and okay. 80, 99% of that is inside a set, inside a prison. Yeah. Um, yeah. But quality drama is quality drama, whether you've got horses or you don't have horses. Um, yeah. And, and I think that the, the challenge for Australian drama is both. It, it's a, it's Look, it's a multitude of things. It's whether or not the, the networks have to make it, and in the past, because we've got some incredibly creative people, they have had to make some really good stuff. And they yeah. have also had to make some stuff that's not great. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm just trying to think. What's And help me out here, Aaron, you'll probably know. Apart from The, uh, the Secret She Keeps on 10 and um, what was the, the football-y one from the... Footballers. Oh, Footballers, Footballers Wives. Wives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that thing. Uh, and then we had also um, uh, the Five Bedrooms, which is now a Paramount Plus exclusive. Doctor Doctor on Nine, I don't think they did any more drama, did they? Yeah, Amazing Grace. Oh, that's Amazing. right. That was this year, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. That didn't light any fires. What have Seven done recently as far as drama goes? Well, they get uh, all of their quota points, obviously, from Home and Away. Um, but, uh, you know, that's obviously a lot of yeah. hours that they're pumping out. But then... They've got Australian gangster and a, and a few other short form of dramas, but yeah, it's it, it's pretty quiet. It's light on, isn't it? 
I, I did want to mention though about those quotas because they they actually they do still have quotas. So and here's just a quote. So from the first of January 2021, you must meet the uh, first release Australian program quota. You must broadcast at least 250 points of first release Australian programs each year. Points can only be claimed for programs between 6 a.m. and midnight. Um, and they can only be claimed for programs that are commissioned Australian drama programs, including children's drama, commissioned Australian children's non-drama programs, commissioned Australian documentary programs, capped at 50 points, and and acquired Australian films. So even though there is no drama quota, you're really only going to get your points from from drama. And I worked out the point system, um, home and away, and Neighbours pretty much gets to the 250 points, but nine is going to be very, very light on. They'll only get about about six points an episode for each of um, Dr. Doctor and Amazing Grace. So they're going to be fully reliant on the Brokenwood Mysteries and Westside to air on Nine Gem. Well, that's the thing. But once again, if it's not rating, it's an anchor around the necks of the stations if they're having to produce this content. But we all want to see the Australian production sector in work. It's a very, very tough thing. So it'll be interesting to see where things go. All right, let's take a look at the ratings race for week 24, and it was a surprising win for the Seven Network. And I say surprising because it was a State of Origin week, and that usually means a weekly win for the Nine Network. But ultimately, the red team pipped the blue team at the post with a 29.3 network share to 29.1. 10 was third on 17.9, followed by the ABC on 15.7, and SBS on 7.9. In primary channels, though, Nine was the winner with 21.5 to Seven's 19. With an 11.3% share, the ABC pushed 10 down to fourth spot. That's seven weeks in a row for Channel 7, Aaron. Yeah, it is. And, um, well, I think as we mentioned last week, it's not AFL that won the week for seven alone. Um, Outside State of Origin, uh, seven won Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. So they only lost to State of Origin night and Sunday night by one point. That is pretty extraordinary. They haven't done that since 2017, uh, 2018, sorry, with the um, winning a State of Origin week. And I think we, we often forget um, winning a network is quite significant for seven, considering they have one less multi-channel than, than Channel 9. So, I mean, Channel 9 could pick up an extra one or two percent points and yet still seven of one. Um, I think mm. I think it's going to be a, a big year for seven. I think they've got a, a bigger a second half than than then nine, so it'd be interesting. Mog, the turnaround from Q1 for seven is pretty extraordinary. Oh, I, I think it's been building absolutely. I wouldn't call it extraordinary. I think it's been expected. Um, well, Q1 was a disaster. Yeah, mate, you, you could have put, you know, in some markets, the test pattern on and done better than what seven did in Q1, <laughs> right? Um, that And that was the difficult. They're, they're still struggling to find their MKR replacement. That's what they really mm. need. Uh, and they haven't found it yet, obviously. Um it, it, it's, uh, look, a great win for seven. And uh, an interesting point, again, we get caught in this mix of total people v. demos, right? If seven and yep. nine are both shouting about 25 to 54s, seven didn't win. If we're talking about total people, seven won. So what do we do as a publication that reports on ratings? You do the daily ratings reports for TV Black Box. What is the approach you're now taking? So I'm including the 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 demos that because all we get from Oztam is the top five. Um, so I'm publishing that just as a here's who came first and here's the other four shows mm-hmm. um, because inevitably there's shows that are in at least the top ten of total people. Um, 
<laughs> and spoilers, it's usually the news and the big reality shows. Although I'd expect, again, have you been paying attention, top the demos, all three demos last Monday and the Monday before, and we'll have done it this week as well. Um, so that that becomes, you know, a, a great selling point for 10 without question, and particularly their uh, very specialised demo of under 50s. The, the 25 Can to 54 one. Can I pick up one. and ask you a question about that? Sure. Because I saw an advertisement for Channel 10 where yep. it said, and I'm seeing if I can find it, I saw it on Mumbrella. Uh, yep. There was just an advertisement in there for Channel 10 saying the undisputed leader in under 50s. Is that yep. factual? Uh, well, I can't I can't verify it. Because, again, all, the, only, the only data that we get out of OzTam, uh, yeah, 16 to 39s, 18 to 49s, and 25 to 54s. That's it. Sorry, I've just found it. Undisputed under 50s, but interestingly, it's labelled as 10 Viacom CBS and includes 10 MTV, Nickelodeon, and Paramount Plus. All this stuff. Yes. So All this stuff. They're taking the younger skewing um, brands and adding yeah, yeah, to that sure. under 50s, do we think? Uh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to report on how, you know, Nick and all of the stuff that runs on Foxtel airs over there and what it looks like in those figures, as well as the stuff that they know out of, you know, people that are streaming their channels are doing those sorts of things because you've got to log into 10 Play to be able to get it. Paramount Plus isn't a thing in Australia yet, so that'll that'll still come. Sure. Um, but, but a cursory look each day at the ratings with the reports that come out, I couldn't say that 10 owned the top. 10 programs of under 50s and in fact usually no, well, are beaten the number one under 50s is usually from another network total people the only thing that's really doing any business for them at the moment is have you been paying attention right yeah in the current current quarter um the, the the difficulty and i i remain with this as i do with you know grocery bar and shopper these are great demos that we can't if if Oztam are the, the the umpires, they're the ones that give us the data. Um, I can't validate an under fifties demo. Same with the grocery buyer and, and child demo, because like how are they coming up with the numbers, you know, we we know at least how the Oztam numbers are produced. We understand the process and the rules, and these are the numbers. End of story. If you want to create your own demo of sixteen to twenty six, cool, um, but. I mean, the, the industry care about what they're doing. I'm going to say that if 10 put out a set of numbers showing their under the under-50s uh, demo and what's rating, I do believe those figures. I don't think there's manipulation. Sure, but they don't show they're working is my point. In any situation, if you're going to put a set of numbers, particularly where you say you're winning, right, if you're going to, you've got to show you're working as to how you get to that point. You can't just say one plus one equals three and drop the mic and walk away. Well, we certainly don't mm. get an under 50s top 10 or top 20 for the week. No, that, uh, a weekly that's rap. my point. Mm. Like it, and it's cool that they are leaning into that as their focus, and I know that they get much more detailed information than we do. That's great. Sure. Not, a, not, a, not a huge issue. The challenge is publicly the data we get doesn't correlate directly with the claims they're making for the markets that they're purporting to win in. Mm. I think we have to think about, like, who our audience is. Like, when we talk about ratings, like, as a TV enthusiast sort of people, and we're talking about Big Brother or MasterChef or, or whatever show, if, if it's getting – we're wondering how many people are watching it with us. So there might be 800,000. Oh, so it's quite a popular show. 800,000 of us fellow Australians are watching this show. That's great. When we're reporting on 16 to 39 East Coast 
Well, actually, that's Channel 7, 9 or 10 talking about coals and how they're going to advertise and where they're going to get their dollars from. I mean, these certain demos and stuff are, are about advertising. So are we are, are we releasing numbers about advertising and, and, and what networks want in terms of that? Or are we just talking about in general how much of our fellow Australians are watching a particular show that we're watching? And I know that, you know, the advertisements are going to lead to who's watching what, so that might be relevant in terms of demo ratings. But I guess what are we publishing in terms of who, who our audience mm. is? is? Is it Coles? Is it the, the guy living down the street that's watching Big Brother and just wants to know how many people are watching it with him? And that's an interesting talking point. I mean, Well, it's an interesting question because if you look at our stats, we have around 385,000 unique users per month and 1.6 million page views. And we are talking to uh, multiple sections. We're talking to people in the media, definitely, Media people do get their news from TV Black Box. There's obviously other websites out there like Mumbrella and TV Tonight and Media Week that add to the sources of information for people in the media. We also get a cross-section of people from the general community, TV enthusiasts, plus some of our stories when we've got Big Brother recaps and things like that reach the general population. So there is definitely a cross-section of people that come to the TV Black Box website. What do the networks want as their headline when we're talking ratings? Do they want us to go down the path of saying that Big Brother wins Monday night with 274,000 people in the 25 to 54 demo. 25 to 54 yeah. is where nine and seven sit. So yep. do we start basing our reporting on those numbers? When we've had James Warburton from Seven come out and say, we want to put the biggest number out there. Michael Pell backed that up in the chat I had with him, the EP of Sunrise. That's so if total they want, people plus regional. Yes. So if they want the biggest number, like a 1.5 million where you're adding metro and regional, that's a total people number, but they're skewing demos and making claims, which is fine, but there is a discussion going on about what they want us to report on. Well, they only want us to report on whatever it is that they're winning in. So yes. well, that's, that's cool. <laughs> spin, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but if the ratings report comes out and says that that hot seat won East Coast, then that's their headline. But the next day, if it um, has a huge win in Sydney, then that's that's their headline. I mean, you could never have a level playing field from the network saying this is what we want because the next day they'll report that figure. But then the other network will say, "Oh yeah, but we won in yes, of course." Prime and that's why we don't. We, yeah. That's why we don't regurgitate their press releases when it comes to the rating stuff, Aaron. Because mm. the PR Jedi's job is, to, as we talked about last week, to point out, you know, we won all the one-legged people watching a show between <laughs> four hundred five and fourteen, right? That, because that's their job. We got to find the wins that's where we exactly can get right. them, and we want to spruik them and do it. Um, this is really lifting the lid off, you know, something that is an ongoing concern. There are twenty-six million people give or take in this country and when the number one program for the night and i acknowledge five city metro um does less than a million is it really and even when you add in total people right let's say it pushes it up to 1.2 1.5 1.5 million people watching a tv show in 26 million people 
Yes, we have an insanely fragmented market when it comes to entertainment because of a myriad multi-channels, five major networks, um, all sorts of streamers, plus Foxtel, blah, blah, blah. It's all over the shop. It's difficult to really get a full picture on where the viewers are. What we can confirm is that they are not all watching linear broadcast free-to-air TV, which they have done for 50-plus years. So how do we do that? The, the other part of it is that the networks are then saying, so Virtual Oz will help bring this back into focus. We'll start to get a better picture of how many people are actually watching. Have you been paying attention or Big Brother or or Dr. Doctor or whatever? And it will. However, that's, it's a delayed gratification sell because Voz is going to say, in seven days' time, we'll tell you what the ratings were for last Monday. Nobody cares. Mate, it, no, that, that is mm. exactly right. We have been, for as long as at least the last 20 years, been given overnight figures for total people and sometimes the regional data. And that right now is where the industry and anyone that's an enthusiast cares about. Everyone else is just a bit of validation. I don't really know what it means. Oh, it was the biggest show of the night. Fine. They're, they're the ones that would swallow the PR Jedi's headlines. You know? There's one other aspect I refuse to believe. I refuse to believe that catch-up ratings that include PVR are only counted when somebody watches the entire show and watches the ads. Nobody who PVRs a show is watching the ads. I refuse... Oh, this brings us back full circle in this conversation, doesn't it? Yeah. Why, do, why does television exist? Why do these ratings and all those things, they exist for the advertisers? Yes. Not for us. Correct. All of that stuff is about selling ads to Coles and Woolies and the rest of it. 100%. And Oztam holds the line that any numbers included in catch-up as far as PVRs, yeah, yeah. they must watch the ads as well. Nobody... Nobody yeah. who PVRs a show is just sitting there and watching Hell a full-hour no. show without skipping the ads. And sorry, I cannot be convinced any other way. So but let's have a look at who are the, the companies that own Oztab. <laughs> Seven, nine, <laughs> and ten. Hey, Rob, can you actually skip the ads? With a bit all, of all those ones on, on Nine Now and Seven. No, no, Plus, I'm not talking I'm about not, the no, websites. Not, yeah. I'm talking about oh, your yeah. personal video recorder. So, like, your Fetch TVs or your um, Foxtel. The plus 7, plus 28 figures yeah. that we get that largely we ignore because, again, who cares what happened a week ago or yeah, a month exactly. ago? Yeah. All right. Now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches this week with Mulk. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Sarah Perfect. impersonation? <laughs> it's as close as it's going to get with my nose as blocked as it is. Former Hey Hey at Saturday host Daryl Summers is suing his former business manager for defamation after he claims Summers treated him appallingly. The Herald Sun reports the Triple Gold Logie Award winner and his wife Julie are set to have a Supreme Court showdown with Alex Maffey after he went public with the allegations of poor treatment. <laughs> Channel 7 has breached broadcast accuracy rules for a report aired on Sunrise that claimed a motorbike rider deliberately rode off a footpath and into a 13-year-old girl, according to a finding by the Australia Communications and Media Authority. ACMA says the report was inaccurate as it presented as fact that the collision was intentional without sufficient evidence. Monica Lewinsky has signed a first-look deal with 20th Television, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The news comes as Lewinsky preps the latest instalment of the American Crime Story anthology series, Impeachment, for which she serves as a hands-on producer. And 
Media identities have been honoured in the annual Queen's Birthday Honours List. Ten's entertainment reporter Angela Bishop led a lineup including actor Chris Hemsworth, Sunrise host Mark Beretta, Nine News reporter Simon Boulder, and iconic actress Judy Farr. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Rob? Thank you, Mulk. Now, coming up on the TV Black Box, we're going to look at the casting choices to be made in the upcoming plethora of celebrity-focused reality TV shows. Plus, we'll open the TV Binge Box to find out what everyone's been watching. You're listening to TV Black Box. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, Australian TV executives don't just love reality TV, they love reality TV featuring celebrities. From I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here to SAS Australia to Big Brother VIP to Celebrity MasterChef to The Masked Singer to Celebrity Apprentice, Australia's B to Z grade celebrities have never had it so good. So, as casting begins for the last part of this year and 2022, I'd like to know who you would cast in what shows. Malk. Who deserves to be cast and who would you put where? Oh, gosh. Look, we'd be crucified if we didn't say Sarah Monaghan for everything. I'd put her in everything. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, just put her in everything. The Sarah, Sarah. Monaghan show. Someone's got to put her in something. <laughs> Celebrity Master Monaghan or something. I don't know. Make yep. it up yourself. Um, oh, look, I, honestly, I've been pondering this and maybe it's my disconnection with uh, television. Maybe I'm getting old. But I can't come up with names necessarily. Maybe Shane Jacobson could get a Um <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's the formula, though, right? We've got to have at least one former reality star mm-hmm. now that we're in the, the, the situation that we're in. We've got to have an actor or actress or presenter that we haven't heard from in probably 10 to 15 to 20 years, have them pop up. Um, some overseas talent, and they can fill any of those past uh, categories. Um, you've got to have some network talent that needs promotion, you know, that we want to see, you know, get a leg up somewhere somehow. Um and it wouldn't hurt if we could have someone that has previously disgraced themselves in some way uh, on their means to redemption. Yeah, well, you've ticked the boxes. Aaron, let's go celebrity VIP, uh, big brother VIP, I should say. Who would you be looking to cast in that one if you were Endemol Shine Australia? Well, I mean, I like seeing a, a diverse cast, and I'm not necessarily talking about race, but rather experiences in life. So yes. maybe someone like... Stan Grant and then Instagrammer uh, sort of young guy like Alex Hayes, you know, like so they can sort of bounce off those different generations or like Ray Ma, of course, from Home and Away, who's Elf, and then one of the, you know, Irwin kids. Um, I, I just love those generation gaps where they kind of get together. Um, you know, George Negus versus some young young rapper. I love those um, <laughs> those those dynamics, and then and then someone that's got some opinions like Gretel Colleen, Narelda Jacobs, or say. Rob McKnight, you know, uh, but you're just, uh, you know, people that have, yeah, have got some. And the other thing I like, especially with like a big, uh, big brother or I'm a celebrity, you get to know someone else a lot more. So yeah. someone that you, you don't get to see 
you only see one side of them on TV, you know, especially like newsreaders. I mean, I would love to know if someone like Mark Ferguson actually has a personality outside. He, 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 he just comes outside of reading auto, Kim. <laughs> yeah, he just comes across. I mean, Chris Bath wow. was great when she's done reality uh, t- TV and you saw a whole different side of her. So I guess, yeah, they're, they're the type of people I'd probably look at. I forgot footballers. You've got to have a couple of footballers uh, from either code, we? depending uh-huh. on what you've got. Yeah, you know, that, AFL, that seems to be a key. Rod, you've worked on Big Brother. Who would you yeah. be looking at? Look, um, you, you've st- you guys have stolen a couple of mine because, yes, I'd love to see Gretel back in some sh- Well, as a contestant somewhere. or as host? Well, as a contestant, I don't think she'd ever do it. But, yeah, as a host. I, I, be but a big I, 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 Yeah, I, I think TV needs Gretel more than Gretel needs TV at this point in her, her life. But um, Celebrity Big Brother, sorry, Big Brother VIP, if Reggie Bird's not in there... My oh twenty, my twenty-year love affair with, with Big Brother will be over. So, message to my friends at ESA: You have to wow. have. What is Reggie their in issue? It. Because I don't think they will be putting Reggie in the house. What mm. is their issue with Reggie? Because she's loved. This is a different format. So she's she the most ne- loved housemate we ever had. Yeah, how you can not have her in there? I, as I say, my love affair with Big Brother will be over if ESA don't put. Look, the simple Uh, fact is Reggie won't coast through on this version of Big Brother because it's very challenge-based and, you know, she – so she won't – she's not being voted for by the audience. The other contestants would see her as a major threat. I'm not sure how long she would last, but God, she'd be great value in the house and and really it would be such a nice – throwback to history of the show yeah. to to have her in. That, that, that's that been one of my biggest problems with um, Big Brother on 7. There's no, there doesn't seem to be any respect for the history of the program at all. And like, okay, it's not about the personalities anymore. It's all about the challenges. Um, well, this but, season, though, I think they've gone well, back towards having some personality-driven stuff in there. Yeah, se- segment one or two of each show, you get a little bit of the personalities, then you're into the first challenge, then the eviction challenge, and then it's the, the nominations and they're gone. You know, if, if you watch it, the structure, that is pretty well the format as it is at the moment. Segment one or two, you get a bit of personality. But um, back to the original question, who, uh, look, other great big brother housemates, Ben Norris, Tim Dormer, uh, they'd probably never do it, but I'd love to see Dylan Lewis and Kyle Sandilands, who were the final oh two and the only ever celebrity big brother. Yeah. Imagine Kyle back there. Like, I'm not a fan of Kyle hosting TV. Yes, he's great radio talent. I'd just love to see him back in there. But to me, any of these reality shows, they've got to be, and, and really that was the Neil Patrick Harris announcement, they've got to be star, they've got to be star driven. Like you need Dylan a big name. fabulous. Yeah. Only because he was fabulous in the first Celebrity Big Brother. He was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't we the love to see where he is now? The very first nominations challenge. It's yeah. getting harder and harder each week, Big Brother. Yeah. Um, All right, was, think it about amazing. it, though, Mulk. Seven have got people on their books. I mean, where we sure. see Manu go in, he's done every other show, Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> SAS Australia, you know. <laughs> Will he be I, in the I, Big I, Brother house? Sorry, Rod. Well, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll give you a couple other names. Paul Hogan. Imagine if someone would actually convince, like, Hogs wants to come back to Australia. Get Hogs back in here. I, I don't know what it would cost, but wouldn't you love to see Paul Hogan in something like Celebrity Big Brother? I'm not sure Jim- Channel 7 can afford the, the, the aged care unit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cruel. Uh, w- one person I don't want to see, no disrespect to the woman, but Chappelle Corby, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't want to see she anything. She brings in reality. If I was Does a betting man, I'll, say, I'll yeah. say she'll be in Big Brother VIP. That's, she uh, brings that's what ratings. I yep. 
Okay. Jimmy Barnes, I reckon, would be a great one. I've been listening to his uh, autobiography on a, um, Audible. Fascinating story. But, again, it, it, it would need to be a, a, a format where you actually get to know the personality of the people. Can I also um, just say, Rod, I love the idea of Chappelle Corby in the house because yeah. one thing I'm fascinated about is – Getting to know this lady. She's been in the headlines for so long, and we got to know a bit of her in SAS Australia, and we got to see her. But she quit so early. She just. Yes, but it, she's not a physical challenge beast. She met her contractual obligations. But yeah. the thing just. I would say about her in the house is that you could get to know a little bit more about her, and I think it's fascinating to, to know about this woman who has been in our. Uh, news cycle for so many years. I, I think she's yeah. fascinating. I definitely, I mean, I watch Big Brother anyway, but I'd definitely be into it if she was in the house. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching it for sure, whether she's in or out. Um, I, I've got one question, though. Uh, do we, as we say, the, the networks all now, they they survive on this, you know, these strip reality formats. Do we see a day where they'll... The, that cycle will finish and they'll be out of favour and maybe Oof. Variety comes back? Or, or do you think it's just going to keep building and this momentum of just more and more reality is going to keep... I think the like problem a, a is snowball? audiences diminish, programmers keep it safe until someone takes a chance and the next big thing comes. I do... Integrated advertising is too important to them. Yeah, yeah. but I do think there is a place for variety on Australian TV in a later time slot, and I think that if it happens, the audiences will come and it will be the next evolution in Australian television as we sort of go back to where we were 50 years ago. But having said that, I think it's the circle that will happen and... We're seeing it with Have You Been Paying Attention? Comedy yep. at 9 o'clock is working. Yeah. Because to me, the cycle used to be, you know, if someone had a hit game show, everyone would be making game shows. Yeah. If someone had a good variety show, everyone did variety. And then this thing, reality, came along. Oh, well, they're doing reality. We better do it now. It's just turned into this behemoth. But we're, we're one of the only countries that does stripped reality TV. You know, every other country does it as a weekly series, mostly. There are exemptions, like um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here in the UK, just due to the format. But most shows are weekly when it comes to yeah, reality Bachelor, TV. Yeah, Bachelor in the US are single apps. Yeah. Mm. So are there any other names for any other shows we can quickly think of off the top of our heads, Aaron? Uh, I guess I'd love to see two rival shows sort of get together. I mean... I, I can only think of like Koshi and Carl on I'm a Celebrity. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> having, that that. having that dynamic would be great. But it just, you know, they're going to go the same way as what Monk said. You know, they're going to have this person, and you know, this category and this category. But imagine if they went with some of the ones that we're talking about. Reggie, Chappelle, Jimmy Barnes, Gretel, Colleen. I mean, what an absolute show that would be if they actually went a little bit different. <laughs> well, yep. of course, we talked about all of reality TV and ended up focusing on Big Brother. I think that says a lot about <laughs> us and this The original panel. and the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's time to open the TV binge box where we share our viewing habits of the week. And don't forget, there's a full podcast with Mock, Joe and Brookie where they expand on that and review upcoming shows as well as share their thoughts on TV from the past week. But for now, let's go around the room and find out what we've been watching. Mock, what have you been watching? 
Uh, my wife and daughter and I finished off Sweet Tooth Season 1 on Netflix this week. What a series. This, I reckon, is Netflix's next pop-up, um, you know, as far as their big, you know, Stranger Things really exploded for them. I reckon Sweet Tooth is their next one. Um, a delightful fantasy romp that is very easily to be drawn into. Uh, loved it heaps. Uh, deep in Loki, loving that sick. Uh, I started watching I said Loki on Disney+. Plus. And I started watching, apart from all of the other free-to-air television that I watch, I started watching Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, If you are into, you know, Jeremy Clarkson's buffoonery, then you will absolutely love uh, this guy that loves driving his Bugatti and the rest of it, uh, running his farm, which he tried to do during COVID. And let me tell you, he's not a farmer. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron, what have you been watching? Well, I've been, of course, I've been watching Big Brother, watched uh, next week's episodes. A funny trend sort of starting to happen now. Because it's not live and pe- and the viewers aren't voting people out, the housemates in the show that aren't, of course, you know, as, I guess, as popular as more small fry are seeing these big players as threats and are voting them out. And then Big Brother's obviously gone, oh, geez, we don't want to lose these people because of ratings. And then they always get put in a secret room or get some sort of second chance to come back in the show. So that's a slight problem with the format, but it's still uh, very good. There Um, has been a lot of commentary about the manipulation this season, and I think that's because it's been an extended season. We did see people like Angela get saved last year, but, of course, this year we're seeing multiple examples where Danny got to save Ari. We've seen Tilly go into the mirrored room, and there are a few more twists happening with that. Uh, Is it because we're just seeing more of it this year? Uh, I I just find it interesting, though, that the ones that are getting saved or, you know, get this second chance or go to a secret room or do something are the popular ones. So if some small fry gets voted out, then they're gone. But Big Brother can't afford for these big players to go. So they're kind of stuck because these small fry ones of the show are realising how big they are and are getting rid of the big players. But it's still very good But is that called good producing? (laughs) 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 It's called manipulation and then that's the whole point of the argument. Yeah, so, yeah, I've been been enjoying that. I've been watching it on the, um, obviously, on the media room with uh, Channel 7, but uh, great show. Pity 9 don't have their media room back up um, after their tech, uh, tech issues. I would love to talk about the new Ninja Warrior course, but I haven't seen any episodes yet. Um, Great to see Jack Wilson back um, after his accident. That's in the promo, so that's a bit unfortunate. I do have a bit of a beef with some reboots. Um, I'm liking the new series Walker, you know, obviously based on the Chuck Norris Walker Texas Ranger. Um, So, yeah, the new Walker is good. I'm enjoying it. But let's be honest, the only thing that is the same between the shows really is just the title. I mean, if you're rebooting a show, surely it has to resemble something of the original. But <laughs> what channel's that on? Oh, I'm going to say Stan. I, I watch it through other means, but I think I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm 99.9% sure it's on Stan. Yes. Nefarious mechanisms. Yeah, and and lastly, I'm trying to catch up with Seal Team. I actually like that show. It's on. Uh, well, it's supposed to be on Ten Bold, but um, that's it's a great show. It's going to Paramount Plus in America as an exclusive, um, so it'll be a lot more grittier. The first four episodes of the next season will be on CBS, and then as a preview, then the rest of the episodes will go on uh, Paramount Plus. So, tend to catch up and show season three um, on on Ten Bold. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. 
I've got to say, Big Brother has consumed most of my viewing time, and uh, as the episodes come through, I'm consuming them big time and gearing up for the live finale. But I've also been watching Big Bang Theory wherever I can because I just love it, and I'm re-watching the last season at the moment. And we also watched Cruella on Disney Plus Premium Access. And I have to say... From a family point of view, the fact that I can watch a new movie in the comfort of my lounge room with the family instead of spending like a hundred bucks to go to the cinema, I think we all agree the cinema experience is something very special. But there are also movies that are just great to watch at home that you can do in parts. And I love what Disney are doing with their premiere access where you pay an extra fee on top of your subscription to get the same day access to some movies in the cinema. Cruella is a great film. I really enjoyed it and I love the fact I can watch it with the family. Rod, what have you been watching? Uh, Big Brother, of course. Uh, And just on the whole thing about manipulation with Big Brother, look, to me, if if, if they're going to keep manipulating it that much, stop calling it a game because games have rules and the sacrosanct rule of Big Brother were the evictions. These days you watch an episode, you go, well, is an eviction going to be an eviction or is it going to be another twist? You know, is it not too manipulated? That's that's all I'm feeling as I, as I watch all these twists as they come out. But besides Big Brother, still watching my favourite Below Deck Sailing. Um, over the weekend, my wife and I thought, oh, let's let's go back and just watch a couple of really good old movies. Watched Notting Hill again and, mm. and The Castle. And, <laughs> and, and, and awesome. you, forget, you forget how good those movies are. The scripts are bloody brilliant. Yeah. Like, working title. Like you look, you watch. They just nailed that whole rom com genre mm. in the nineties. Uh, and the other thing that I've been, I've got to admit, I've watched every episode. It's the weakest link, and I don't, I don't know if I'm compelled to watch it because it's car crash television or <laughs> it's just a bloody good format. If you watch it from the psychology of a game show, it is a great format. And yeah, when Magda's yes. Magda, she's great. When she's reading the scripted lines, it's cringeworthy. That's but, uh, the key. I, I, she should have just done the compelling. whole thing as Magda yeah, because her should, comments exactly, are just exactly. brilliant when she's yeah. being herself. Yeah, but I, I have found it required viewing. <laughs> so, Interesting. Yeah. Hey, Rod, you can you can watch the um the Cornelia episodes on on YouTube. I watched a couple of them during the week. She is I forgot how brilliant she is. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you can watch them on YouTube. Some some of the episodes. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a bit of advice from Aaron, and that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Don't forget, you can get the TV Black Box newsletter delivered straight to your inbox. All you have to do is go to tvblackbox.com.au slash newsletter and sign up. It's a really simple process, and we don't spam your inbox. We only send the newsletter when there is stuff worth reporting on, and you get a bit of extra commentary as I go on various rants. So go to tvblackbox.com.au slash newsletter if you haven't had enough of my ranting by listening to the podcast. All right, Aaron, Rod, and Malk, thank you very much. We will see you next week. Bye, folks. Bye, all. 